Hey, great to see everybody. You guys uh, sang fantastic. Really sounded good back there. Uh, terrific job. Uh, let's see, we're going to go back a few years. Lori and I, I think we were 18 years old. We were married and uh, we made a huge purchase. We bought an Omni. Anybody know what an Omni is? That's right. No one knows what an Omni is. A couple of you are saying, yeah, you do. I'm, I'm surprised. There are none left. They all rusted out. They're all, they're all gone. But it was, a, uh, it was a car, and it cost $6,000, brand new, and had, ours had white with uh, brown and tan stripes on it. It got 45 miles to the gallon. It, we loved that car, but we hadn't, we hadn't owned it very long. We'd, we'd just gotten it, and uh, our friends and I, Gary and Shelly Klein and uh, Lori and I, we'd, we'd really just gotten to, begun to know them. They're, they're our lifetime best friends. Um, and at this point, we're just getting to know them, and we said, hey, at one of the farms, we were going to go mushroom hunting. And you may have never been mushroom hunting, but mushroom hunting is big in Michigan. Uh, the mushrooms, you, you go find the mushrooms, and then you bring them home, put flour on them, throw them in butter, and oh, I mean, there's, they are incredible delicacy. They're really, really good. So we were excited about going to find these mushrooms, and uh, so we came to the farm, and then on the farm, you have a lane. That's how you get back to the woods, all right? And we come around the corner, and there's some mud holes in the lane. And so at that point, there's a why. There, there's this choice to make, right? You've got to decide what matters. What are we going to do, right? And Lori was very quick. She's like, we're not taking the car back there. No, that's a bad idea. No, 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 no. And uh, our friends sitting in the back both said, look, we can walk. It's fine. It's, we can walk. I, on the other side, thought that my pride was what mattered. I thought that I was going to show off my new car and how I could drive so well, and uh, they're not going to—they're going to be impressed. They're going to be impressed. And so uh, we come around the corner, go through there, and navigate the first mud hole. And it's, it's like ruts, is what it is. Navigate the first mud hole. The second one slid in and uh, spun my tires. My window is open, and so the mud flings inside of our brand new car and hits Shelly in the face. So then they had to get out and push us, push the car back out of the mud puddle. Oh, it's a hog farm. Mud puddles have a special smell on a hog farm. And so what matters? What matters? In your life, you're constantly evaluating what matters most. You're also constantly coming to places in your life where there's a why, there's, there's a choice to make. Like, what does matter the most? Emotionally, you've experienced things in your life where you've seen things or you've watched things. If you've ever watched a man who loves his wife and he parents his children, like he's a man in their life, you're like, ah, I've seen that. That's, that is what matters most. If you've, if you've ever watched someone who um, comes alongside, maybe they're, we have another set of uh, friends and they're foster parents to teenagers, and you watch them love these teenagers who are fighting against them like crazy, like, ah, that's what matters most. But what does God have to say about this? What does God say matters most? I'd actually like you to even, don't say it out loud, in your own heart, go, what, what does matter most to God? 
Or what does God say matters the most? Because just like my mushroom hunting expedition, there are some things in life where there are shortcuts. And those shortcuts are the absolute longest way to what matters the most. So we're going to jump into uh, 1 John chapter 2. And in this passage, he says, whoever says, I know him, I know him. Now, this isn't like I know him, uh, I know about him. This is like I know him. We just came back from uh, a great week. We went to a conference at a church called Watermark. And it's a, it's a pretty big church. And it was a church leader conference. So there was like over a thousand people there in the auditorium and big, huge stage. And, and the first guy that comes up on the stage, I knew him. I personally know him. I've had many conversations with him and interacted with him. And, and you should have seen me. I, it was so hard for me not to go to everybody who was sitting next to me. I, I know him. I, I know him. This is, I know him. I know God. The creator of the universe. Every complicated physics principle that you couldn't get in high school, he thought it up. When you think about the intricacy, the, the, the amazing complexity of the human body, he thought it all up. And then he created it. And then he created it in a way that it could continue to create more. Do you know him? How would you know if you know him? Do, do you know? We're talking about the most important being in the universe. Do you know him? It says here, whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. How do you know if you know him? Well, if you think you know, I, yeah, I know God. I know God. I feel like I know God. I, I, I feel like I've always known God. I, I feel like I've always believed in God. And so he comes along and says, okay, do you do what I say? If you don't, you're fooling yourself. See, he's a liar. Who's the person we lie to first? Ourselves. That's who we lie to first. We lie to ourselves. The truth is not in us. We don't understand what matters most. We, we don't get it. We, we, we're after something else. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in him. If anyone obeys his word. Now when we use words like command and obeys, there's a really good chance you have this view of God that's really similar to the view you had of your parents when you were five years old, which is this. The only reason they make up rules is to make your life hard. The only reason they want you to finish your plate is because they're into clean plates. The only reason they want you to clean your room, they have this insane desire for the house to be clean all the time, right? The only reason I can't go out and play when I want to go out and play is... If you're not careful, you're like, my parents are evil. They only make up these rules. Now, we tend to interact with God that way, don't we? Like you've asked yourself before, why does God say this is wrong and this is good? What, 
These are, did he come up with these arbitrary rules? Well, I have four children, 13 grandchildren. And every rule that we enforced in our house was truly for one purpose. We wanted our children to know God and to have great character so they could succeed in life. That's what they were there for. Now, we were not consistent, and we're not righteous, so not all of our rules turned out to do that. He is. You see, every command and everything that he asks you to obey, because he's righteous, will produce what matters in your life. Did you get that? Because he's righteous, he loves you, all these commands, this obedience that he's asking for, even though in some ways it actually is for him, anything that you do for him turns out to be really good for you. And it says this, if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. Now, if you grew up with the idea that what God wants you to do is he wants you to approach him and become a good enough person so he can accept you. If you, if you, if you kind of still struggle with the idea that what God wants me to do is become a good person so he can love me, or he wants me to become a good person so I can become acceptable, this is, this is the opposite, right? This is, it's out of my love for God that I obey. It's out of my love for God that I keep his commands. What? Yeah. You see, when you keep his commands from your love from God, then, you, then that love is truly made complete. Oh, by the way, that's what we're after. That's what you're after. You're after something that makes you complete. If you've ever finished a project and you're like, ah, it's complete. If you ever, ladies, guys too, not in our house, but if you've ever cleaned up the kitchen and you got the kitchen clean and you're like, oh, it's complete. You see, this connection of what matters and complete, they go together. Because if I go after what matters, it'll make it complete. When you do a recipe and you're baking something or you're fixing dinner, you want to make sure you include what matters. Otherwise, it will never be complete. When I'm working on a project, a carpentry project of some kind, I'm working on a project, lawn projects of some kind, I want to focus on what matters. Why? So I can be complete. I can complete it. That's what we're after. Then he says this, this is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So now we're going to go back to the Old Testament because we want to, we, we want to make sure that this principle, whatever matters, if something matters, it's always mattered. The idea that uh, times have changed and so we've come up with a new thing that matters you can go down that road if you want. You're not going to like the end of it. It's a shortcut. So we're going to go back to Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy says this. 
This idea of complete, we're going to work through. Celebrate the festivals of tabernacles for seven days after you have gathered the produce of your threshing floor and your wine press. Be joyful at your festival. For those of you who've been told the Old Testament, oh, don't, don't worry about the Old Testament. It, it was bad in the Old Testament. <laughs> Clearly not, right? I wish we had this principle now. This would be great. So be joyful at your festival. You, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, and the Levites, the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows who live in all your towns. I mean, gather everybody. Nobody's left out. You gather everybody. For seven days, celebrate the festival of the Lord your God. Seven days. Good grief. We have Christmas one day. We're exhausted. It takes a whole year to recuperate. This is seven days. At the place the Lord, the Lord will choose. For the Lord your God will bless you in all of your harvest, in all of your work hands, and your joy will be complete. Gratefulness. The first is, the first in terms of, of finding what matters is, what matters is who or what you love. You're like, what? no, no, no. It's all about it's all about what do I accomplish and what do I receive and what do I get? No, no, no. You'll find what matters when you find what God loves. In here, you become complete by being grateful for what God has given. This is a seven-day grateful celebration for what has God has given. And then your joy will be complete. Now we're going to go back to 1 John. This is the beginning of the book, and he says this. The life appeared when we have seen it, that's Jesus, and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life. Eternal life is what? It's complete. The lives we all have now, they're not complete. They're short. They're really, really, really short. This life is eternal. That's what, that's what we're after. Something that matters. Something that lasts. Which was with the Father and, it, and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. So that you also may have fellowship with us. We want to share what Christ has done in us so you can experience it too. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now, if you have ever come to the place where you turned from your sin or you took your sin to Christ and you accepted his forgiveness, do you remember that? Do you remember that you, you, you knew you were broken? You knew you were incomplete. You knew you needed a Savior. And there was only one truth that mattered. Jesus was the answer to your sin, your incompleteness, and your brokenness. And he said, I've given my life for you. Will you accept my life? I'll take your sin. You remember that? It's such, it's true. The reason you feel complete at that moment is because you are. It's because of this amazing gift. The things that matter most in life at that moment, it just seemed crystal clear. 
In um, June, we're going to have a baptism. And if you're interested in, in taking steps in baptism, that's not how you come to know Christ. But if you, you've come to know Christ, but you've yet to be baptized, that's when you tell everybody else, yeah, that happened in my life. Jesus is the one. He is my Savior. I just, your connection card or on your, uh, your app, you can check that out. Then he says this, we write this to make our joy complete. There's that idea again. My joy would be complete. Now we're going to go back to Deuteronomy. What was it that, they, what was it that mattered the most in the Old Testament? We're talking 4,000, 5,000 years ago. Let that settle in for a minute, guys. Did you know the scriptures are that old? Did you know that people have been interacting with God through the Bible for thousands of years? This was the command. This was the crowning command of the Old Testament. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. That is what matters. I want to say it a couple of times. The most important thing is not who loves you. The most important thing is not that you matter. What matters the most is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Now, I want you to take 15 seconds, close your eyes, and if you can do it, I want you to say to Jesus, I want you to say to the Creator, I do love you with all my heart, all my soul, and all my strength. You know what happens to me every time I do that? It's like, ah, that's what matters. You know what? I am complete. It doesn't matter what else happens. If that's true. Now, there is a why. There is a different path. There's a shortcut. And this shortcut comes in all different forms. If we were to make a movie about this shortcut, this shortcut has the ability to take on different forms, different voices, different to be able to go, come, come, take this way. Don't, don't do the long cut, man. Don't worry about it. Don't do that. Come here. I can make you complete. I can make you complete. You don't need to do that. You don't need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Don't do, no, no, no. I got a shortcut right here. This is good. I will make you complete. It's found in 1 John. We're still in 1 John chapter 2. It says this, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. So whatever it is we're going to talk about, this shortcut, you cannot love this shortcut. You can't take this shortcut. The world says this is it. This is the way to go. You cannot take this shortcut and love the Father at the same time. They, they can't exist in your heart at the same time. You've got to take one way or the other in any, any given moment. He says this, For everything in the world, 
This is how the world operates. This is what the world says is will make you complete. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God will live forever. In other words, there's this temptation that says, oh no, you can be complete. Let me tell you what really matters. It's the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh, in a fairly simplistic term, is this. Definition is this. It's the desire or the temptation to feel. I want to feel. I want to feel. Now, the social media giants are geniuses because they come up with a way to get you to stay on your phone and you feel good. You can flip through your phone for an hour, two hours, six hours. You're getting nothing done. It accomplishes nothing good in your life. You actually learn nothing. But the whole time, you know what you, 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 know, what you, you know what you feel? One more, right? Just one more. Just one more. What did the Bible say? That it passes away. It never satisfies. It never makes you complete, but it always promises it will. That's what pornography is. That's what sex outside of marriage is. Pornography, you feel. You really feel. Like, oh, it's disgusting. No, you feel really good. And guess what pornography says? One more. One more and you'll be complete. One more. It's why we drink. What do you mean? Well, for some of you, you drink because it makes you feel good. For others of you, you drink a lot because then you just don't feel bad. But it's still the temptation to feel. That's what drugs and pot, all that is. It, I want to feel. It can even be a hobby. It can, be, there, it can take on all sorts of forms. It's just this idea that I want to feel. The opposite of that is integrity, which means to live in reality. So feelings are great to tell you there's danger, and feelings are great to say, man, life is awesome, but it never tells you the truth. Feelings don't actually live in reality. Integrity, telling the truth, being honest, living in reality is the opposite of that. The second one is uh, the lust of the eyes. That's the temptation to have. It's the temptation to have. Now, for, for some of us, unfortunately, the first two go together when we shop. Right? So I not only not only do I want to have, I want to have, if I have that, then I'll be complete. Right? Some of you have a list that you are going to be have make this much money, you're gonna own this house, and you're gonna have this car by the time you're this age. And you think you'll be complete. This shopping thing, not only do, you, do they say to you, if you have this project, product, you'll be complete, but it, 
feels so good to buy it. It's like a double whammy. Those shoes, that purse, that next, right? It just feels so good and it satisfies both of them at the same time. The opposite of that is generosity. The opposite is I'm giving away. I'm giving away. I, I, I don't find completeness by gathering, but by giving away. Generosity. The last is the pride of life. That's the temptation to be. To be recognized. To be somebody. It doesn't matter what culture you come from. But in, uh, in our particular church, we have a good number of us, or I'm going to have to say you on this one because I did not come from the islands or anywhere near an island. Um, I came from a peninsula, but I didn't come from an island or any island. So, so you, you really came from a culture that says that other cultures or I don't know where the idea came from, but that you need to become somebody. You need to become somebody. The temptation to be recognized, to be known, to be liked. And what does it say to you? If you can get this many people to like you, if you can get this many people to, tell, to, to, to follow you, if you can get this many people to think you're somebody, ah, you will be complete. And if you've ever done this, if you've ever gone down this road, all it ever creates is pressure to please those people. And you're like, just one more. It's always just one more. Just a little bit more. You're never complete. Why? Because God made it very, very clear. It's part of this world, and therefore it will die. It ends. It's empty. So what matters? Well, we come back to Jesus. And somebody came to Jesus one day, and they said, listen, of all of the commands in the Bible, of everything God ever said, what is the most important thing? He said this. I'm sorry, keep going, yep. He said this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we just went through the temptations. And one of the things that the temptations tell you is, listen, not only will you be complete if you come our way, but you'll have an exciting life. Don't take the long way. It's boring. That whole love the Lord your God with all your heart, he's not going to let you do anything. He has nothing but commands and obedience and all that stuff. Did you know that loving someone with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength is an incredible adventure? You will do the craziest things. Some years ago when Lori's dad was still alive, he was coming to the end of his life, and so she went home to care for him. And she was there for, for I think, a total of three weeks. But about two weeks in, she's like, ah, I really miss you, Chris, and da-da-da-da. And I said, of course you do. And she's like, I really miss you, and I really need you, and da-da-da-da-da, right? So I was, I was working away and working away. I couldn't get away long because I had different commitments that I'd already made. But I saw where on a Thursday night I could leave at 
3 o'clock and go to Michigan, which takes 12 hours, which means I would get there at 3 a.m., and then I could be there until 3 p.m., that would be 12 hours later, and then drive back 12 hours. And I said, I love this woman with all my heart, all my soul, all my, I'm doing it, I'm going. So I take off, I drive out there, and I want, of course I want to make it a surprise, right? Surprise. Surprises are usually bad ideas. I'm going to make, I'm going to do this surprise, and, and, and away we go. And so I get there, and the door is locked. It's 3 a.m. I can't get in the house. And so, um, and I don't want to wake up her dad. I mean, he, he's, he's really sick. And so I come around to the bedroom that Lori is sleeping in, and I break into, like, the window was open. So I break into the house. So I am... 30-some-odd years old, maybe 40 at this point, I don't know. I have four children. I'm breaking into my girlfriend's bedroom at her dad's house. And I sneak in, I wake her up, she's like, ah, what are you doing? It didn't go anything the way I planned. But uh, then we had a really cool 12 hours together, and then I jumped back in the car, and I drove back to New Jersey and got back here about 3 or 4 a.m. I love that memory. I love it. Why? Because it's kind of complete. It's good. It's all good. Why? Because when you love someone with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, it leads you to do amazing and crazy things. So how do you make decisions? Like how, Because it's really, when you... When you when you try to figure out what matters, it's because you need to make a decision with your life. What are you going to do with your day? What are you going to do with your money? What are you going to do with your heart? What are you going to do? Well, the way you make the decision is you first know what matters most is that I operate from loving the Lord my God. So what that means is my calling is from my Savior. My calling is not from anyone in this world. It's actually from no human being in this world. And it's not from me. My calling is from my Savior. And I make my decisions based on loving Him with all my heart, with all my soul, and all my mind. That's how I make my decisions. Are you single? Sometimes people say, oh, you're single, you have more time than everybody else. Not true. I have 24 hours in a day, so do you. Now, you have more options because you don't have 13 kids running around going, hey, you made a commitment, got to keep it. But you don't have more time. So what are you going to do with your life? How are you going to live your life? In other words, are you going to pursue holiness, godliness? How do I decide that? How do I decide if I should be clubbing or something else? I love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind. So therefore, I'm not taking the shortcut. I'm taking the long one. And lots of people are like, God, what does God want me to do? What job does God want me to take? God, what job do you want me to take? That's backwards, by the way. No, 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 no. God, I love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind. What's the best job I can take if that's true? 
How am I going to date? How far am I going to go? What am I going to let a guy touch? What am I going to try to touch or not touch if I'm the guy? I love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind. That's how I make the decision. The whole time knowing that the world is in, it's inviting me to take the shortcut. Are you married? If you're married, it gets a lot easier. It gets a lot easier. I really believe this. Now, I don't think it actually happens this way, but the principle, I think, is true. When I stand before God, he is not going to ask me about Skyline. He's not going to ask me about any of my messages. He's not going to ask me about how I led. He is first going to say, what did you do with my son Jesus? To which I'm going to say, I took what he had to offer. I didn't give him anything, but I, I took, and he, he took me. And his second question is going to be, what did you do with my precious daughter, Lori? And if my answer is not, I gave my entire life for her. He doesn't really care what I have to say after that. Because that is what I am called to do by my Savior. So, how do I make decisions? How do I decide where I'm going to live? How do I decide what I'm going to do with my life? How do I decide how I'm going to make my day-to-day decisions? It's pretty simple. Is this best for Lori? Is this good for Lori? Is this going to help Lori know Jesus is going to set her up to blossom? Get kids? It gets even easier. It becomes way more clear. Because if you have children, A number one, I have been called by my Savior that my children will grow up in a home where they know that dad loves mom. So I make my decisions based on is this going to, is this going to be something where I'm loving Lori and that mom loves dad? And then I'm called upon to help my children see who Jesus really is. So I'm going to be honest about my struggles. I'm going to be honest about my sin. I'm going to be honest about my scars. And I'm going to give them the freedom to grow and try to figure out who Jesus is. I'm going to show them grace. But I'm also going to build character in their lives. So I'm going to set some pretty high standards And then when they don't, and I'm going to clearly, clearly communicate them. And when they don't meet those standards, I'm going to give a little feedback. And that feedback should always hurt a little bit. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. Sin hurts. They need to, I need, it's my responsibility to give my life to teaching that. Now, the, the next thing I want to challenge you about parents is this. You, you got kids? Are you playing with your kids? I, I always played with my kids. I thought it was like recess. To me, it was like the fun part of life. But I've come to understand that you, baby, your parents didn't play with you. And you don't know that playing with your kids is just as important. It's a huge part of building character in their lives. 
It's a huge part of them showing them who Jesus really is. How, how do I know what to do with my time? How do I know what job to take? That job better give you time to play with your kids. And you, that, am I going to go hang out with my buddies? Am I going to get involved in this? Am I going to do this? Am I going to have time to play with my kids? That's how you make the decision. And how do I make that decision? Why do I make that decision? Because I love the Lord with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength. Do you have a church family? I don't know if, I don't know if you know this. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and you're going to obey his commands from that place, you have been called by your Savior to build his kingdom, to build his church, to be missionaries to your neighbors and the people you work with. So I'd like you to try something. Whenever somebody usually gets involved in ministry for the first time, they do it because there's a need. They do it because they think they like doing it, and it fits their schedule. Well, we have beautification day on Saturday. I'd like you. I'm praying for 30 people. I would like you, because you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, to sign up and show up. Don't do it for any other reason other than you love Jesus. We're going to start kicking up again, as you can see. The room filled back up again. It's awesome to see everybody. And the, the, the vaccines are getting more plentiful. And not only that, uh, a number of us have already gotten it, right? And so we're like, I didn't like it. But, but it, you know, it seems like I'm going to be able to be okay with it. Or you think you're going to be okay with it, right? And so we're going to be opening up again. There are children who Jesus loves, and he has called you to give your life to those children through this ministry. And I don't want you to sign up because we need it. I don't want you to sign up and be a part of it because you think you'd like it or it fits your schedule. I want you to, to, to begin to interact with Jesus. Jesus, I, because I love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength, I'm going to go be you to those kids. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to build our church. People are going to be able to come to our church who don't know Jesus at all and sit here and enjoy church and walk out, and they cannot believe how happy those kids are and what they learn. I'm going to pour that into those kids. Why? Because I love the Lord with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Jesus has not hidden what's most important. Now, in life, right now, God's talking to many of you about something right now, and there's a why, and you're like, I don't want to give up the shortcut. I promise you, that shortcut is nothing but a stinking mud hole. Let it go. Take the long way. Because anything, anything 
that matters is always on Jesus' path. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, it's so good. You're so good. It's amazing that you're, you're so good in the first place, but then you would communicate to us. You talk to us. You invite us to be a part of this and part of you, and it's so good. I, lo I love it. And you don't call on us to produce and make. and You call on us to accept the love you've given us and then love you. And that's what matters. And then, then we get to do all this other great, adventurous, crazy stuff from that beautiful place. And the whole time, all of it matters. It all matters. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray for those this morning who've walked in here and they don't know you. And they really don't know you. They know about you and they still think they need to become better people or they think that uh, you don't think sin's a big deal and so you're just going to let them slide or all different things that they think. I don't know what they think, but you do. Lord, would you this morning, would you this morning open their hearts, make it, would you talk to them in such a way that makes it clear Today's the day. Today's the day to accept your sacrifice on the cross for their sins and to turn away from who they are, turn away from their life and accept you as their life, you as their savior, you as their king, their leader. If you'd like to do that right now, it's really a simple conversation with Jesus. Of course, you have to mean it, but it's this simple. Jesus, I'm the problem. I'm broken. I've got nothing to offer you. But I know you matter. You're kind of the only one that matters. And if I, if I understand what they're saying, you have promised to forgive me if I ask. I'm asking, forgive me. Not just for what I've done, but who I am. And Lord, if I, if I understand this right, you, you'll take me to heaven. I'll become yours, totally yours, if I ask. I'm asking. Make me yours. Jesus, I'm, I'm only making you one promise. I, I trust you. I, I, I accept what you're offering me. And, and I ask you to make me new. I can live my whole, whole life from my love to you. And maybe you're here today and you, you do know him but you've been building your life on the world and in the world. And today's the day. Today's the day for you to let go of the world and just love God. Lord, do what you do best. Convict us. Change us. In your name we pray. Amen.